Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Go Solo Show. I'm Johnny Quirk, and we're back once again with some amazing stories on how to start, run, and grow a winning business. So on this week's show, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, and that topic is tea. I'm very, very much delighted to welcome Shunan Teng of Tea Drunk, based out of New York City, to the show. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Johnny. It's my pleasure. Oh, it's an absolute delight. As I said, it's one of my favorite things, tea. I have a cup of tea right here, right now, and we'll kick straight into it. So basically, for people who regularly uh, listen and watch our show, you know, you know that we always try to get a bit of background on our guests to start off just to set the scene. So really, the first question I've got for you today, Shunan, is like, you know, what is your business? What is it that you do? And, you know, what sets you apart from everybody else? Yes. Uh, so my name is Shunan Tang, and I'm the founder and the CEO of a tea company called Tea Drunk. Um, we started in 2013. We are based in New York City, and we sell some of the most prized teas in the world. Um, I guess that's just an alternative way to say that we sell some of the most expensive teas. <laughs> um, we are also known as the leading expert on tea knowledge and tea education. So I would say folks around the world who are seeking very in-depth tea knowledge, they will come to us as a resource. Brilliant. So that's a global business, obviously, that you have. I know you have many yes. strands and we're going to dig into that a little bit. But um, you know, who are your customers and, and what is the actual product you sell? You know, I know, obviously, like you said, you have the store, you sell physical tea, you do tastings. Tell us more about who your customers are and what the services and products are that you offer. Yes, um, I will say our customers, most of them are people who um, appreciate fine food and beverages. Yeah. Um, you know, there are people who kind of don't care what they eat, right? Everybody is geeky about something. Um, and, but New York City is a great place um, that have folks who are very particular about what they eat and what they drink. Um, people probably also appreciate fine wine. Um, they probably have a selection of many different olive oil at home. Uh, they probably have tried all the uh, well-known chef-led restaurants uh, around the world. Yes. So those folks tend to be uh, the most loyal of tea drunk customers. Obviously, our teas are at a higher price point. So um, uh, I would say people who not necessarily uh, you know have money, but people who are more willing to... Yeah. Um, uh, spend more money on the, in this area in their life, right? So we actually also have uh, a lot of students, people who are kind of geeky in nature yeah. um, because our tea, um, you know, is operating a very niche market. So uh, it takes kind of uh, almost a amount of curiosity for folks to wanting to know more about it and to find out why this tea is so different from your average tea from the grocery store. So um, a lot of folks, they just tend to be the consumer who demand the knowledge of whatever they, you know, purchase and then also uh, wanting to know the bottom of the things. It seems like a really accessible luxury. I mean, you know, I don't think of tea as a luxury, but if I want to go for high quality, it seems like something I can add to my day to day, which I really appreciate, whether that's how I live my life. Great coffee beans, great beer. You know, I want that kind of accessibility. I'm yes. not going to go out and buy a Lexus or something, but if I could drink your tea, that sounds great. That, that's kind of where you're at in terms of your pitched and, and who you obviously sell to. Yes, totally. Um, if you uh, kind of break down the price and then uh, narrow it down to like per cup or per day. Um, it's definitely, like you said, it's affordable luxury. It's like a small amount that you pay to be able to enjoy the finer things in life. Yeah, brilliant. And that sounds amazing to me. Now, obviously you sell direct on your store. You said you're global. I'm based here in the UK, as all our listeners and viewers will know. If I obviously wanted to buy from you, you could ship to myself, but I also know you do tea schools, you do courses. Tell me more about those. 
Yes. Um, so we are based in New York City, but we ship globally. Yeah. And um, uh, COVID has definitely caused some disruption um, yeah. in the transportation of uh, our products. But uh, right now, all the countries that are turned on on our website um, we have cleared a pass to ship to those nations. Uh, so in normal days, we pretty much ship worldwide. Yeah. So uh, the UK definitely is one of the countries that we ship to. Majority of the European countries right now, um, we have no problem shipping to. There might be some delays, but no problem shipping to. Yeah. And we run a uh, tea club. So that's a subscription-based um, uh, product. And... Uh, for the tea club, we ship the teas to you. Uh, we ship two different teas to you. And then we will do two virtual guided tastings every month with our tea club members. So that's another great way for folks around the world to be able to participate in a community-based kind of uh, feeling. Wow. And we also have tons and tons of tea knowledge on our website. Um, a lot of the written knowledge are really for free. Um, it's just a lot of writing that you need to go through. <laughs> and that we also have some of the past seminars and some of the fundamental classes that are also free of charge on a digital education platform that we have called Tea Drunk Academy. Yeah. So um, folks can go there and enjoy those courses. If you want to know more about tea, we actually have um, uh, a lot of the guided tastings on the website as well. So we go into about... Uh, an hour, very in-depth um, uh, knowledge of each individual tea. We also have a 20-hour recorded tea fundamental course on yeah. Tea Drunk Academy as well that I would highly encourage anyone who wants to build a solid foundation of what is tea, uh, how flavors come to be kind of things. Uh, we also do some of the in-person educational classes yes. as well. So uh, we just had a 20-hour tea class in Guadalajara in Mexico. Wow. We are going to have a 40-hour tea class. This one's going to focus much more on in-the-field experience, hands-on tea making, and it's going to happen in the tea country of Argentina. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so we're very excited about that one. That's happening just next month. You still have time to sign up. Um, but right now, if you sign out, you can't uh, back out anymore. <laughs> so uh, I highly encourage anyone who is interested to uh, explore those. Sometimes we also do those kind of fun collaborations with uh, other food and beverage mm. um, items and uh, folks that uh, are great partners that we work with. So we are having a tea and chocolate pairing with dandelion chocolate on yeah. the West Coast in the I know well from San Francisco. I've been there in, a, yes, uh, in the mission in area. Yes, yes. Yeah, they are. Uh, we definitely share a lot of um, uh, values in procuring our products. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. It's happening tonight. And um, we are having a uh, dim sum and tea pairing Um where we're going to be featuring three different dumplings and that'll be in collaboration with Namwa. So Namwa okay. is actually the oldest Chinese restaurant in this historic Chinatown in New York City. Yeah. They are a true landmark, uh, I would say even nationwide because right yeah. now they can ship their frozen dumplings everywhere in the United States. So um, that's once again, another uh, pairing that doesn't have to be limited to your physical location, we're going to do that just in time for Lunar New Year next month. Wow. Do you know what? I'm already going to go out and buy a lottery ticket tonight, Shunan. Do you know what I mean? Like so or double down <laughs> my lottery tickets. I need to have my passport and I need to have access to all of your events to, to fly over whenever I want to. So they all awesome. sound amazing. And we're going to dig Thank a bit you deeper later on in terms of how you develop partnerships as well and how you sign some of these up so awesome awesome i know some of the ones you work with but are the ones you just mentioned again sound like a great mix as well thank you and also for folks who um cannot uh, have access to uh the exact product that we do the pairing with what we usually do because it's truly our passion to um uh, expand knowledge of uh, tea and is sharing that joy of tea drinking and tea pairing with food with everyone. So what we usually do is we will have the recording up on a very easy to access public platform and yeah. you can um, then maybe just go get your own similar product in your local market 
um, and then do the same pairing. So you can still enjoy the experience with us. Um, it might not be the exact product, yeah. but it'll be something similar. I like this. It seems like you've covered every base as well and give, you know, make it accessible for your customers or yeah, potential customers. Every time we do these events, we have tons of inquiries. People will write letters to us, say that, oh, I'm in Finland. This is so regretful. I cannot join in person. Yeah. Um, we'll be like, oh, I wish you can do this in Australia. Um, yes. You know, all these kind of things. So this is why we continue to develop partnerships uh, with international companies, but also yeah. uh, trying to make it more accessible to everyone. Well, I've spent quite a lot of time going through your website over the last couple of months and stuff, but I need to dig deeper after this. You know, now that you've told me yourself and your passion really comes through, it kind of makes me want to look about how I can get involved. So no, that sounds brilliant. Thanks for being obviously so open and, and passionate as well in that story. 2013, you say you started. Yes. That's great. Congratulations. You're coming up to almost a decade doing this. You know, I interview all sorts yes. of entrepreneurs, whether on the podcast or in different ways. And it's always those first few years, it's difficult to get through develop your identity, develop your brand. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into that later on. But tell me where your passion came from and how you got started. You know, like what made you first off think this is going to be my career, this is going to be my future. And, you know, what, what, where did the passion to do tea come from and, and, and what gave you that confidence, I guess, to start your business? Uh, yes, so I grew up drinking tea. And in fact, I come from a foodie family. I come from a foodie family. Yeah. So my family enjoys eating, drinking, uh, all sorts of uh, delicious things. And I uh, actually had my early career in um, corporate finance. Yeah. And uh, while I did enjoy it when I was doing it, but as I was approaching 30, I started to have this near 30 crisis. I don't know if anyone can relate, <laughs> but you just somehow feel that your time is running short and yeah. you start to take a very deep look of your life to think, am I doing the things that I want to do? Yeah. And during that time, there were just kind of signs everywhere. I was reconnected with a childhood friend. So together we were able to recount all the, the dreams and fantasies that we had as kids and thinking about, are we doing those right now? Yeah. Um, I came upon this um, sp uh, famous speech that Steve Jobs uh, gave uh, at Stanford, right? Where he talks about one has to believe in your destiny. And there's no way to know that uh, looking forward, but it's only um, when you look backward that you kind of know that but you just, this is why you had to have faith. Just this yeah. is what you do. Um, so there are just tons of things uh, going around. And finally, I have decided that, okay, I wanted to um, be an entrepreneur. I wanted to start something of my own. I wanted to create something that's meaningful for me. And what is what I believe is beneficial to the world. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of for some level of a social cause. Um and I know that I wanted to be close to the product development. Yeah. So finance will always be kind of a supporting role unless you deal with a structuring an actual financial product. So, um, and there at the time, there were a few opportunities approaching me. And I guess that's the struggle, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, a lot of those opportunities will be tech startups. And uh, it's very natural exists for someone who had a career like me to exit into those um, uh, fields and start over your career over there. But I didn't, um, but then I realized it didn't fit my criteria of being close to the product because I will always uh, be acting in the capacity of let's say a CFO, but that'll be a supporting role. Um, so I started thinking, okay, so what do I then know more than um, the average person? So like, you know, if I were to be an expert on a product, yeah, uh, and it had to be food and beverage items, but I don't think I can be a chef, so culinary is out of the way. Um, <laughs> and I do like drinking alcoholic beverages, but there are a lot of great people already doing things in wine and beer, so I don't think I have something that's very particular I can contribute either. But then I was like, okay, tea. Tea is something I grew up drinking. Uh, and I really think that in the Western world, people need to know more about tea. There's, yeah. uh, there's so much more about tea that people didn't realize um, exists out there. 
So, and I start to kind of examine the environment of New York City a little bit as well. Uh, obviously, New York City is a great place for anybody to start almost anything because New Yorkers are, uh, are just curious and they're very accepting. There's this natural uh, tendency if it's something unfamiliar, people are excited about it instead of yeah. being afraid of it. Um, and also, I was a little pissed that um, New York City just you know going back to what i just talked about new york city is supposed to have everything but somehow as there's no representative of traditional chinese tea which is very mainstream yeah. um yeah in the nation that i feel that people talk a lot about um so i was like okay this is so unfair it I all comes to- together it all comes together you're like i've exactly. you found your niche now you're gonna go for it and you're underrepresented in terms of what you want to do Yes, totally. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's how I got started. And, you know, this is the point, and, and that's an amazing story because, you know, every time I ask somebody, you know, they usually find how they've built a successful business or how they got started. It was because they, it was about their real passion. It was about, you know, some people, a lot of people have had a career in corporate finance or other backgrounds that are very high pressure jobs, working in office all day. And then they reach a point where they're like, I need something that maybe represents who I want to be in life, something that fits me more. I've done well in that career, but I want to do something that follows my passions. But I think like you're saying, when you actually, it's almost that stuff when you do your due diligence, when you do your research and say, this is what's missing. I can bring something to the market. I think that's when you then get the confidence to run with it as well. Yes, for sure. This is why I asked this question and you're nine years in. So I think I know the answer to this, but do you think you could go off and do something else now? Or is Tea Drunk now going to be your, like, I guess, life business for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Like, like where do you actually see that kind of going? Yes. So um, Tea Drunk for sure will be my lifelong passion. I would say tea will be my lifelong passion. Yeah. Um, and I definitely have gone through stages of um, confirming this to myself as well. And, you know, I started out with pure passion. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I would joke, it's like the journey that going from liking someone to loving someone, yeah. right? So liking is very easy. <laughs> There's this hand, kind of natural attraction tea has on me. So I'm naturally gravitate towards tea. Yeah. Um, but um, it's not always uh, fun and joy um, to run a business, right? And oftentimes... Uh, there were times where I was so busy, I actually don't even have time to drink tea, which yeah. is ridiculous, right? Um, but the more I get to know about tea, the more I travel and work tea and live tea. And basically, because um, I spend about three months each year to uh, participate in the uh, tea season in the spring. And so the more, the closer I get to tea, the more I know about tea, the more sense of duty I start to feel towards tea and it's this kind of leap that going from okay I just like tea where I like because if you like something you only like the good aspect of it yeah but I feel like loving someone or something that comes with that okay I recognize there are good times there are bad times but I'm not going to leave um right this is this is this is going to be it so it's that level of commitment that I feel like now I have towards tea. There's this very strong sense that I want to do things for tea. Yeah. And I think that sense of duty towards tea um, and being very grateful for what tea has changed me, I think um, that uh, sentiment is going to continue for a lifetime. But you know what? I mean, this is why I think I am attracted to your brand, even just from hearing what you're saying right now, 10 minutes, you know, you come across incredibly authentic. You have that passion. I think that is that USP that you've got because you clearly live for it. You you cover every base. You're going on tea adventures. You're doing all these sorts of things. I think that's what you want to do. If I go to a wine tasting, say, which, which, you know, I can use as probably the best metaphor, analogy, whatever, I want to know the person is massively passionate. He's not just a rep trying to get me to buy a couple of cases. He's someone who lives and breathes it. And it's the same with you. You know, I I would want to follow you as my tea master, really. And I think that's why, you know, when you're basically saying you're in this, then, you know, that sounds amazing. Um, You've kind of touched on this next question, actually, a little bit. But I always ask it because I think it's so important. You've said there's been times of ups and downs. 
I'm not going to go into COVID too much today because I think we all know it's had an effect and obviously you know that you've pivoted slightly more online, that sort of stuff as well. But yes. how have you coped as an entrepreneur? Like what's your, what's your relationship like with stress? What's your relationship with like with the work-life balance? What do you put in place to maybe keep a balance in terms of not getting stressed too much? Yeah. And I have a follow-up question just because it's you. Is there a special tea that you would recommend that's more of a relaxing tea that maybe other entrepreneurs could have more in their day-to-day as well? Yes. Um, so in regards to stress, I feel very lucky. I think I was born uh, some one of those people who operates really well under stress yeah. and um, also uh, not easily get stressed, um, if I may say. Um, like, I don't know how to really to measure that. It's just, if I were to compare, uh, you know, myself with some of my friends who uh, probably don't manage that as well, I feel like I, I'm lucky enough to be born into these conditions. And um, sometimes stress can also be your friend, especially as an entrepreneur, right? Um, like one of the biggest challenge, I think no matter what industry, what kind of business you run, is that you're going to have so many to-dos. So time management is always going to be a huge issue. Um, I do tend to procrastinate sometimes, right? Um, And when things get comfortable, I feel like a lot of things actually get extra sluggish. But when you're stressed, um, first of all, the decisions will have to be made fast. So it forces you to become a better decision maker. Yeah. Also, stress can force that sense of priority, sense of urgency out of any entrepreneur. Um, the big thing about founders, entrepreneurs, is that you have to trust that you have the best business acumen, the best intuition than anybody else in the business. Because this is your vision, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, time management, decision uh, crisis, all these things uh, are caused by some level of self-doubt. But stress can just really force you to not have any time or energy to go to think about that. And it forces the best intuition out of anybody who runs the business. So so in that way, I think if we can um, utilize stress well, uh, I think stress is one of the best things uh, to have as a uh, business owner. Um, and in terms of work-life balance, yeah. um, I, you know, we always say work hard, play hard. Mm. I think that's definitely, uh, that definitely describes me very well. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a like extended family. So um, oftentimes, uh, you know, the, the, struggle that I know a lot of other people have such as time for your spouse and for your children um so um, I don't know if you're lucky or unlucky enough that I actually don't (laughs) have that problem um but um I binge work a lot so people who see me work think I'm a workaholic and people who see me party think I am a party animal so um, but I think that's the, 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 the two things that oftentimes people feel are mutually exclusive, but yeah. they don't have to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I, I didn't design my life to be that way. It's just, it just in retrospect, You're if just I in look flow back, mode. <laughs> yes, that's kind of what, uh, happened to be. Yeah. Um, and the, going back to time management, you know, a big chunk of time management is our energy management. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think. By this point, I kind of know myself a lot better than I did 20 years ago. So I kind of just know where my energy uh, uh, tend to come and go. So I I think most people you can feel, right? You can feel like, okay, today is a day that I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) And today is a day where I'm going to go and and conquer the world kind of thing, right? So um, I think without even having such a clear logic around it before in my life, 
I had always just respected my own energy. So yeah. during days where I feel like I like to binge work, I might lock myself in for four days where I'm just so devoted and so focused on things. And um, there might be other, you know, days where I don't feel like doing anything. And all I wanted to do is go out and eat the delicious food and drinks. Yeah. Um, so that's all. And that's a healthy relationship to have, I think. Um Time management, I've put down here, work hard, play hard, energy management, so, so strong. But also it seems like, you know, you're you're fulfilling your destiny in a way in terms of doing something which actually fits in with your lifestyle, fits into your passions, those sorts of things. That's when I think actually you're, you're living that kind of entrepreneur dream as well. Um, the question about the tea for entrepreneurs out there who are maybe coaches, yogis, whatever, who maybe do need a little bit of stress. Is there a tea you'd recommend that can, you know, maybe they should have in the evening? I mean, you know, maybe beyond the obvious chamomile or whatever, what would you say would be a great, uh, great, great relaxing tea maybe? Yes. So um, the teas that Tea Drunk does um, are all teas that come from the actual tea plant. Yes. So, uh, so, so there's no herbal tea such as like chamomile tea or lavender tea. So it's more like the and green then, and the white teas and those sorts of things. Yes. Yeah. So it all comes from the actual, uh, you know, the fancy name is Camellia sinensis. And, um, but a lot of herbal teas actually probably have very particular kind of calming quality. It depends yeah. on how we define being distressed, right? Okay. Sometimes we feel very stressful and um, we need to be calmed down. Sometimes we feel like our mind is very clouded and you just feel like you're not in the driving seat of your focus. Yep. And in that case, you need something that actually gives you clarity and focus mm -hmm. in your mind. And you don't want to be uh, so uh, uh, last that you fall asleep. <laughs> so then you can't do anything during the day either. Right? So there are definitely different purposes. But overall, tea that comes from the actual tea plant actually works magic if you feel like your day is not going in the productive way that you want it. Yeah. Um, even before uh, modern uh, science kind of endorsed these uh, properties of tea, back in the days in China, um, the tea drinkers, the past connoisseurs, they had long recognized that the tea gives you a very alert mind and yeah. relaxed body. Yeah. This is because the uh, caffeine in tea can actually stimulate our mind, uh, but it's a different kind of uh, caffeine compound tea than what is in coffee. It also delivers to you in a more um, uh, kind of uh, body friendly way, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So it's less likely to feel like all jittering. And there is L-theanine in tea, which now is a, a supplement that or compound that's becoming more and more popular. You can actually buy it uh, What's that called again? Supplement. It's called L-theanine. L-theanine. Yes. So it's an uh, amino acid. Uh, sometimes people just call it theanine. So it's L-theanine. L is the chirality. Ah, L-theanine. Uh, yes, I've seen it as a nootropic and stuff like that. It's used as I think in yes, some ways. Yes, exactly. It's becoming more and more recognized. Um, even though Chinese tea drinkers have recognized the amazing properties of uh, L-theanine without knowing that it was L-theanine for uh, <laughs> over a thousand years, right? So this is a amino acid that can uh, calm your mind. So it kind yeah. of counters the fact of caffeine um, and it can make you happy as well. Yeah. So, um, uh, and this is the, the kind of joy factor that people often recognize um, that they get from drinking tea. Um, so the combined, uh, these two combined together, I will say no matter what kind of tea that you're drinking, no matter if it's green tea, yellow tea, white tea, oolong, red or black, yep. um, you're always going to have these two benefits. Yeah. Also, uh, you get to choose the flavor that actually uh, pleases your palate. Yeah. So there's so much flavor possibilities of tea, even though it's just this one tea plant. It's like you yeah. can take, you know, the grape and then you make it into red wine, white wine, aromatic wine, dessert yeah. wine, your bubbly wine, right? So, uh, and all these possibilities. And as a foodie like me, I truly appreciate the variety of food and beverages out yes. there because every day I wake up, my body crave for something. It's yeah. that simple desire being satisfied so easily as a modern yeah. human being. That alone 
makes me so happy, right? <laughs> it's like, I feel like life is almost like, you know, what makes us happy? You know, if I were had to define it, it's a, a continuous journey to satisfy all of our desires. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. some are harder to satisfy, yeah. but to just get that bite or that sip of a delicious food and delicious beverage yeah. is so easy. So for yeah. tea, same thing. You're talking my language, Shiran. You're talking my language here. I can tell you. It's, uh, I, I love food and drink as well. And it's these finer moments in life as well. And I think the way you're describing it, it's almost like that kind of yin-yang balance between, like you said, it's that kind of, it might give you the energy to focus, but it also relaxes. It's that kind of perfect blend really as well is, is what you're saying in terms of what tea can offer. Exactly. Um, I feel sometimes I think about my childhood, right? Um when we were young, it, it's so easy to achieve certain state. I think the older self would envy, right? Yeah. Where you have so much energy, but the energy might not necessarily be restless. It's just you have such a clear mind and you're in a, a happy but not overly exciting mode where you know that you can focus on anything and you can do anything. Um and I think tea can help us to achieve that. Yeah. And on top of that, you get to choose whatever, you know, taste that, that makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, I think that's a perfect way to wrap up part one of our show because, you know, that passion come through how you set up your business, what drives you to do what you do. Amazing. That's so, so good to hear. We're going to move into part two now, which is just talking about some tips you have on how to grow your business, what you've done yourself. And, um, you know, like basically how you've kind of set yourself up for success. So the first question I've got, which digs back a little bit from what you were talking earlier, is, you know, you've set up a number of partnerships. The ones you're talking about now, you know, the, the dumpling, the dim sum, uh, dandelion coffee. But you also have partnerships in place where you supply to, you know, I've written down here, Christie's, LV, the Met, yes. Yale College. How do you go about developing partnerships? Are you doing it yourself? Are you using an agency? Are you using an intermediary? How do you land these incredible partnerships and how do you get them to fruition? Yes. Um, so I myself is not particularly a kind of social butterfly. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these, I have to say, it's, it's in, I wouldn't say luck. Um, you know, if I were to be too Chinese about so Chinese about it, I'm gonna say karma, right? <laughs> um, it's like it's some some kind of uh, like a, a cosmic force destined us to to meet. Yeah. Um, obviously, we meet so many people in our lives, but not necessarily we hit it off with everyone. Yeah. But somehow, um, we will get a chance to connect with uh, people, so including business partners yeah. that uh, we tend to share same vision mm -hmm. and we have the same uh, work ethic. Yeah. Uh, we like each other. Yeah. And also um, for timing wise, we both deem that it's a great time for us to collaborate. Yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, folks will approach us because Tea Drunk, we operate in a very niche market. Usually people do a little bit of research about uh, the subject matter. They mm -hmm. will uh, pretty much find Tea Drunk. And hopefully what we have presented out there through our website and through our past reputation, people will recognize that we are someone they want to work with. Um, yeah, so so it's a combination of like luck yeah. and also. And, and, I, and I think that a lot of relationships in life is that it's a case of putting yourself out there and having the brand. I guess the fact that you've been operating now for nine years means that you've probably got the... Um, Maybe the prestige isn't the word, but you have like the track record, you know, like you've built the relationships over time. People obviously find out about you. They found out what you've done. You've almost got that really good product market fit where the brand is in a great place. You've got great products you sell. You've got regular customers. You've got advocacy. You've got word of mouth and they kind of find you. Have you found partnerships have been easier to do as time has gone on with your business? Yes, of course, um, because they're, not only it's much easier to form that partnership because of our past um, record, right? People, it's like we have built our credit, yeah. um, but also it makes the actual work process much easier as well because we have had 
past experience to know the ins and outs in, of how we run these uh, programs together. And people who uh, newly work with us, they appreciate that not only we bring our expertise on the product front, but we also bring our expertise on how we can uh, jointly make this business to run more smoothly. Yeah. I think that's a um, that's another thing that we uh, take pride in that we are uh, we're just great to work with. Yeah, and that's yeah. great. That's great. In terms of methods, in terms of brand, I'm interested just to dig a little bit deeper. So first off, how did you come up with the brand name? And the following up questions is. When you launch a new product, whether that's a new service, like a, a tea tasting, the academy, the, the, the trips away, what, what's your method in terms of planning for that? You know, do you do lots of research before doing it? Is it more of a gut feeling? Is it demand from customers and listening to them? Tell us about how you started the brand and the name, and then obviously how you have the confidence to launch a, a new a service that you run. Yes. Um, so... Uh, for the name of the company. So first of all, uh, Tea Drunk, when yeah. I first thought of the name and I started sending out to my friends and family to have them uh, take a look and say, like, hey, what do you think <laughs> about Tea Drunk? Um, all my uh, Chinese associates think it's a great name. Yeah. And, um, but half of my non-Chinese associates, they, they worry about the negative connotation that comes with the word drunk. Yeah. So then I had to explain to them, well, the word drunk in Chinese actually doesn't have necessarily this necessary, uh, the negative connotation. In fact, oftentimes it's associated with a very romantic feeling with yeah. one's extreme passion in indulging into something uh, that is beautiful, that like just stimulates your extreme emotions, right? Yeah. So a poet will be, uh, so drunk in the lover's beauty, in the, yeah. this magnificent scenery, things like that. So after I explained that, and everyone agreed, okay, it's an awesome name. And obviously, yeah. it's very catchy. It gets um, cooked through. But, it gets attention as well, I think. So it works both ways. Exactly, yeah. Um, but the, the name didn't kind of just like come to me like that. Um, in terms of how it came up with the name, it's almost uh, uh, pretty anti-climax because I was just... <laughs> in the period time where I was actively thinking of a good name. Yeah. And I was thinking and thinking, none of the names I really liked. Um, and then one day, I don't know, it's all of a sudden it was like, I was like, this is it. Gotta do this. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. Um, and, and then how do you launch something new? Like, uh, are, you a, are you a gut person or do you go and, you know, like do all your research first? How do you plan for something? Yes, I think it comes in hand, in uh, hand in hand, right? Your creativity is, is not born from nowhere. Um, I think we all are born with the potential to have creativity, but that creativity is constantly being fueled by our environment, right? Our own experience, our, um, you know, immediate experience for the past week. You know, this is why um, if a, your, you know, person pro growth, then Every, not every year, even every couple months, you realize that, okay, my um, idea and my thought process on certain things have changed. So uh, doing research, reading, putting yourself out there, hearing other people's ideas, these will help to shape creativity, right? We can't just stay home. Chinese, we have a saying, you can't make a car by just thinking about it at home. Uh, And so you can't have creativity just being completely isolated. And hopefully there's like some kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, a divine divine enlightenment or something. Um, But at the same time, um, you can't just do research for the purpose of doing research unless that's what you do, right? Yeah. Um, So oftentimes, for me, um, it's it comes so naturally. I wouldn't say I plan around it. It's not like I plan that I have to do research and I have to, from this research, I have to come out with this particular idea. Because yeah. if we do that, then it's anti-process of being creativity. Yeah. So there's the process of creativity. And then we also have to understand that creativity is the product of like environment, even though it's kind of, you know our mind give birth to it yeah um 
Yeah, so I would usually do a combination of both. And it, it oftentimes uh, came out as just an idea that came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. It's just uh, a feeling like you were mentioning it. Um, but that feeling, that yeah. intuition, right? Uh, that business acumen, it's the product of all the other homework that one either deliberately or uh, unconsciously have done. And I just want to pick up on the word intuition, because I think that intuition comes from actually having a solid background in processes, planning, but also, like you said, of, of using experience and environment and actually that gut comes from it. So I think intuition is such a great thing. Obviously, if we were totally new to something, if you said, you know, you might not have a background in secondhand cars, but if you said, I'm going to set up a car dealership tomorrow, here's what I do. You'd be a bit like, I don't know if I've got the skills, but it seems like you've got the perfect balance now to know what the market wants and know in your in your heart what you should probably create now and, and what obviously will be received well as well. Yes. Um, and obviously recognize what the what your expertise is, right? Mm. Um, there are expertise in everything. Yeah. So um Chidrunk is a product-focused company. So our expertise is in the core product, which is the actual loose beauty. So that alone, yes, there are a lot of devoted um, focus hours on getting the best of those and know what are the quality factors that contributes to the loose beauty. Yeah. But then there's the overall uh, product development because from a consumer's perspective, the Loose leaf tea itself is not the product, yeah. but our digital class on Tea Drunk Academy is a product. Our samplers are product. That product comes with, you know, the packaging. It comes with the label design. It comes with yeah. information. It comes with the user experience. Yeah. So in terms of developing that product, I wouldn't say Tea Drunk is an expert in packaging the product, yeah. but that's where we can use our creativity and also just take a good ounce of knowing uh, other people's expertise to work with those people who have the specific expertise on developing packaging the product to give the customer that product. Yeah. So that's like our core expertise and then other areas where creativity shines. Yeah, I think that I think anybody who's setting up any kind of business should have literally just listened to the last few minutes from you because it sounds to me in terms you've got that balance right. Like you said as well, even using the words user experience, it isn't just in terms of websites or people who think, oh, it's, you know, when people are building an app, it's that whole kind of relationship that you have with a customer, that user journey, kind of how they buy into it. I want to ask you a quick question about growth tactics. You might tell me, Johnny, I get all of my customers now from word of mouth or from SEO or whatever you do. I know you have a very vibrant Instagram uh, account and obviously a very solid following. How do you source most of your customers like now? You know, like how, how do people find out about you and how do you make a sale to them? Yes. So um, we are basically in the luxury goods sector, even though we are also food and beverage. Um, people in the U.S. are mostly uh, used to tease the sales for five to ten dollars uh, per ounce, which is about twenty grams. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, yes, uh, our team mostly sells forty to uh, sixty dollars per ounce or right. twenty grams. So um, it's quite a big price jump, right? And so because of that difference. We requires a lot of education. So our customer acquiring process at the beginning tends to be almost not smart in a lot of ways. But I didn't start this uh, wanting to run just a smart business. I wanted to run a business I liked. And I think this is where the faith came in. Somehow I just feel that it's like this very strong belief that people didn't spend their money on teas this awesome only yeah. because they didn't know tea can be this awesome and awesome teas like this exist out there yeah this is a firm belief that if people find out how awesome these teas are they will want to spend money on this yeah so with that as the driving factor 
we focus very big on education. This is why the beginning of Tea Drunk, we had a physical location where we invite people to come and taste our tea and then to see how Chinese we prepare these teas. So, and have a chance to uh, introduce these products to customer, uh, you know, face to face. And we have been have proven that we have very, very high customer loyalty. Yeah. Uh, and that's another beauty of when you're not selling a volume-based product yeah. is that you don't need that big a quantity to basically achieve similar revenue numbers. So if we are able to make every customer count, yeah. um, then uh, this is how we basically see growth over the years. So Word of mouth, I would say that remains the most reliable mm. way of our uh, business growth, even though it sounds like the not very smart way. But yeah. do not underestimate people's passion, people's willingness to become your ambassador if yeah. they also truly believe that this is an awesome product and in their own community circle that they are viewed as an expert where people come for uh, recommendations, opinions on what they like yeah. uh, for your product. And um, that word of mouth can also uh, extend to social media. So oftentimes we run, uh, I would say pretty good social media program, yeah. even though we are continuous to learning because none of us are particular social media experts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our passion hopefully can also transpire through social media as well. Yeah. So with the help of social media, that word of mouth also expands very quickly. And it also um, seems very real as well, your social presence. It seems very real. It seems high-end without being fake, but it seems like real as well. You can, you can tell a story. Exactly. Yeah, we want to be approachable. We want yeah. to um, let people know that, hey, you know, we're, we're not just trying to sell you uh, teas that are much more expensive than other teas. It's truly because, hey, this is so awesome. Do you yeah. know how awesome these teas are? Yeah. I want to invite you to join me on enjoying these awesome teas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of our <laughs> approach. And then um, another thing is we also continue to upgrade our packaging uh, that's definitely some uh, area, right? We um, uh, have struggled, but we uh, eventually have always uh, kind of came through with that. And that alone uh, helped also with uh, making our product more attractive, I guess, to the mass market. So yeah. we just kind of need one chance for folks to, um, to, to learn about us. And um, our customer loyalty rate is extremely high. Yeah. And we also have helps from our publics, uh, we do do some digital marketing as well. So we have um, uh, people who are experienced with SEO to continue yeah. to refine our website. So all these um, kind of things that are more of a traditional marketing uh, techniques, we also do spend our energy and money and time on those as well. Yeah. Um, because those are the things that if you don't do, in this environment where consumers have so many choices, especially co during COVID, a lot of the competition have moved onto the internet space. Yeah. And um, a small company like us, we need to be known, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, because we are offer such a differentiated product, we operate in such a niche market, that alone actually is very helpful for people yeah. to come and find us. When you offer a more homogenous product, then product alone is very difficult to push for uh, consumer awareness. But yeah. we have luckily have a product that can push for that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've got the right situation there in terms of almost having yourself being say like, I don't want to use the word prestige brand, but you can tell what you're trying to do. There's the education, there's the background, there's the trips, you know, you live tea, but like you're saying, if I enjoy your tea and I'm willing to pay hundred dollars a month, $200 a month or a quarter or whatever, basically that kind of um, spend would be. If I tell a friend and I'm like, you've got to try this, you've got to do this. That's a great way for you to stack that revenue really coming in. And again, make that loyal person tell three people or whatever. And I can see it mushroom out from that. This is all great advice. And it kind of leads now into part three, which is our rapid fire round. So, you know, don't feel like it has to be one word answers. You can add a little bit of meat to the bones here. 
But, you know, like I always ask questions of our entrepreneurs who come on the show just to get a little bit more information about, you know, how you see the world. So first off, do you have any favorite business resources that you would recommend to an entrepreneur? You know, who are your favorite entrepreneurs, podcasts, books? Do you have a few maybe that you could recommend that have really helped you on your journey? Um, kind of. So I don't really read a lot of business books. Um, yeah. There is actually um, one um, app I would recommend is called yeah. Blinkist. Um, yeah, I've got that as well. It's a good app. It's a good app. Yes, because um, for me, um, well, one thing is I actually went to business school. So some of the very basic business concepts, like the theory of how to yeah. run a business, um, I, I think I have a good structure knowledge around that. Yeah. But there are continuously to have new ideas in um, the business world. And oftentimes um, when I read into the details of some of the books um i feel like it's um like basically i i like to have the distilled version of yes. the wisdom and the knowledge that comes from the book um oftentimes with business owners you just kind of need to know this idea exists and then yeah. you might have an epiphany you might have a aha moment um so uh, some of the books, such as uh, I think it's called the, it's very famous. I think it's called the Lean Startup or something. Yeah, with Eric Ries. Yeah. Yes, um, you know the the main takeaway uh, idea is the uh, uh, MVP, right? The minimum yeah. viable product, and I think it come with that is really the uh, center concept of conserving your resources uh, and spending your money when you don't have a lot of it yeah. to the area where it's the most worth it mm -hmm. right so um but as a finance person this idea of rationing uh your uh or allocating your resources is you know that's kind of what yeah we do and it's a great reminder of that you know for small business especially if you're just doing the startup that's a very important thing to do yeah um, there was also another uh, i forgot his name but he is pretty famous because he uh, uh, is the owner of the wine library. And also now he runs a social media company okay. because he was able to through uh, uh, social media and also uh, other more modern means to really take his family business to the next level. So that's what he start to do now, which is a very media marketing focused company. Uh, I didn't listen to an audiobook that he did. I highly recommend it because he's a very charismatic guy. Yeah. And um, he offers a lot of great tips in there, which I won't take all of them. And he keeps mentioning it too because he has a unique personality. Yeah. And everything that worked for him, I think part of it is because he's a unique personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not the kind of person that can put myself out there so much on the internet. So maybe I won't take all of his uh, advice. But still, there's something to the core of it where he mentions about the, uh, you know, how you can strategize your, um, uh, like, social media and the traditional media approach and how you can uh, compensate for your personal lack of, um, you know, ability to, to do this on your own. Yeah. And also... Um, he's just a very inspiring person. So I think uh, listening to the audiobook alone can really help yeah. one to, to feel energized. When you, uh, when you remember the names and stuff, uh, we can link to it on our blog as well afterwards because we always link to some of the favorite resources that are recommended on our blog as well. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure of us we put that on there as well. Um, yes. If you could distill down maybe the best advice you could give to anybody thinking about starting a business, you know, maybe they've thought about it for a few years maybe they thought about it for a few months uh you know what advice would you give to them in a, in a short way about you know that you could give them to to, to really make them go i'm gonna go and do this yeah um just two words do it and keep organized if you don't do it it never happened and you if you're like me who have a little bit of obsessive kind of personality i'll keep thinking about it until i do it so yeah, yeah, now yeah. by this point i already know i'm that kind of person so whatever i have a thought i just have to act on it otherwise yeah, i'm yeah. just torturing myself but oftentimes people don't do it 
is because they're scared for whatever reason. But just know if you stay organized, you will stay focused and just have that face to know that the problem that didn't show itself are always the bigger problem. But once you start doing it, all the problem that you was thinking, you're imagining in your mind, that problem is going to become the real problem and real problems will have real solutions. And those, you always, always find a way to solve those problems. You just have to actualize the problems and then you know what to do next. Great advice. Great advice. Love it. Say I bumped into you in three years time. I'm hoping this COVID thing is out of the way. So I'll bump into you before three years in New York. But say I bumped into you in three years' time. Where, where would you like the business to be then? Yes. Um, so we'll continue to develop our core product, which is tea and tea education. We're hoping that our tea is going to, through some partnership, being distributed in uh, a, to a greater market. Yeah. So you probably would have seen tea, Drunk's Tea, not only through our website, but also on some uh, specialty stores uh, shelves as well. Um, and maybe be able to enjoy some at your local uh, cafe or uh, uh, restaurants. I hope so. And then um, for tea education purpose, we're hoping to continue developing partners around the world to make these kind of destination tea classes. But also at the same time, for anyone who cannot physically be with us, that they can go to Tea Drunk Academy and have a very systematic, user-friendly way to continue their tea learning experience yeah amazing that sounds great and good luck with all that because it sounds amazingly exciting as well especially those expansion plans um if you could use one or two words to describe what it's actually like to run your own business what would those couple of words be um freedom and responsibilities yeah um the freedom is that you know that it's actually that feeling that you are the biggest stakeholder mm. and you will enjoy and also suffer the most of your actions. And that's your own actions. And I yeah. think that's, that, that's a freedom in my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Responsibility is that know that you're not the only stakeholders. And know that you owe somebody else, no matter if it's your own team member, your partners, or your customers, to that you had to do a good job. You had to do an excellent job because there's some expectations from all of them. Yeah. And that was what's gonna keep you going. And um, and in that self is is kind of a sense of meaning mm. in life. Yeah, that sounds great. You might have just answered this last question. But as an entrepreneur, what does success ultimately mean to you? Um, that I have created something that has both a meaning in this world. I know it sounds, it sounds weird, but also <laughs> a meaning in the world that's not just the worldly world. Yeah. What I mean is, so obviously I want to create a product that is basically my obligation that I feel that I owe to both the consumers, the fans and the team members who believes in tea drunk yeah. that I have through tea made a possible impact for in their life. And I have, I was able to develop a Chinese, we call it the golden brand name, right? So tea yeah. drunk will become a golden brand name. It's the standard for both tea and tea education. But also there's this obligation I feel towards tea. I'm hoping that in my lifetime that I have helped to sustain a new level of tea. That tea is this awesome plant is like all we know about tea, the pinnacle of tea is not only being preserved, but hopefully we can help to push it to a new level. Yeah. So that's the not so 
worldly world I'm talking about. Look, I get it. And we like to talk in abstract ways. We like to talk about kind of big achievements and big uh, desires on the show. So you've got it down there. I think, I think, you know, the way that you talk about golden brand name, I haven't heard that mentioned on the show before, but like you said, it's a Chinese concept, but I really like that as yes. well. So and like you said, I think it comes back to your customers as well. If they have a really strong interest in tea, if they have a really big desire for that to be a major part of their life, you're going to fulfill that and take them on a journey, give them adventure, really make them live and breathe in a tangible way with obviously what you offer as well. So yes, brilliant. Right. The real final question I've got for you now, Shuna, is uh, where can people find you online? Where would you like to point people towards? Yes. So um, Tea Drunk's website is tea-drunk.com. Um, you can also just do teadrunk.com. Yeah. And the uh, educational platform is teadrunkacademy.com. Okay. Amazing. And yes. obviously so you're these on Instagram. Are the two, yes. And we're on Instagram. The handle is just teadrunk. Okay. Wicked. That's really, really cool. Well, I've really enjoyed today's show. Um, I've learned a lot myself, which is one of the reasons why I love doing this show. I could get, I love chatting with passionate people who are making a big impact who are clearly winning at running their business. And I think for any entrepreneur, anybody who's interested in tea, anybody who's just genuinely looking to, to hear some great insights into life, I think it's hopefully been a great one. I hope you've enjoyed it too. So thanks, well, Shunan, thank for coming totally. on the Go Solo show. Really appreciate it. Um, obviously, good luck with the business and obviously the expansion plans as well. And until next time, keep winning. Take care. Cheers. Thank you. You too. Yeah, bye. bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.